everyone. Welcome to the Play Choices Podcast, a podcast you hear. I'm your host, V. Welcome. Today we are doing another Choices Chat. As a reminder, the Choices Chats are not kept to one book, so we may bring up spoilers for any book in the Choices app. If that does make you uncomfortable, feel free to join us on another episode where the format is a bit more focused. Now, we do have a guest for this episode. I would like to the guests to, you know, introduce themselves. Hi, everyone. This is Choices Lady. I'm on Instagram and Twitter, and uh, my fan fiction is on Tumblr and my YouTube channel under Ride or Die Chronicles. I do want to talk about your fan fiction because I think it's absolutely fantastic and I'm obsessed with it, but I do have some just kind of starter questions. I just want to get to know more about you. So how long have you been playing Choices? I started playing Choices January 2019. Okay. So you were right there when Ride or Die was launching. Um, I was, but <laughs> I did not want to read Ride or Die. Oh, really? <laughs> I did not I did not read Ride or Die until the beginning of the lockdown back in um, April of 20. Wow. That's when I read Ride or Die, and I only read it to Diamond Mine for Open Heart 2. Wow. So you were like, it took a, it took a pandemic to get me to open up this book. <laughs> you were did. like, damn, everybody, everyone's out here making like the whipped coffee, baking bread. You're like, no, I'm a crack open writer die. Cause I've been waiting on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, because I just want to stay away from like the high school books I don't really mm-hmm. care for those and mm-hmm. I knew that the MC was in high school so mm-hmm. I had no interest in reading it and I literally only opened it to diamond mine it for um open heart two mm-hmm. and I read it and I fell in love with it fell in love with it <laughs> obsessed with it this is a safe space. This is really a safe space for all ride or die lovers because we have been wronged over and over again yes. in regards to this book. <laughs> right after I read it, like that ending, I started searching everywhere trying to find out whether or not it was going to be a book too. And that's mm-hmm. how I kind of stumbled across the um, Instagram fandom. Mm-hmm. I guess I had no idea that there was a fandom for choices mm-hmm. un- until then, but I was just searching all over the internet. Like, is there going to be a book too? There's got to be a book too. Oh, I can't wait for book two. Mm-hmm. And then I saw where it was confirmed with Pixelberry and yeah, then they broke my heart. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just curious because like when Ride or Die had first launched, there was a lot of just very like not, not very positive things were being said even before Mm -hmm. like the release, just because the way they were marketing it, it was like, okay, this is going to be like another MC in high school. Like you said, like, I don't know what it is. Pixabury has this like fetish for like plot lines in high school. I don't, yes, I don't get it. It's like our MCs are always in school for some reason. (laughs) But then also, like, it had, like, the whole, like, bad boy romance. So that, did you feel that that, like, subtitle kind of, like, turned you off as well? Or did you, were you more so just focusing on the high school aspect of it? 
Um, I was mainly focusing on the high school aspect of it because okay. I love a bad boy. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> to the core. If there's a bad boy in the room, I'm going to seek him out. I will find him. <laughs> I love that. So from the beginning, you were like, okay, high school, <laughs> bleh. But the bad boy thing, that's yes. kind of your foot in the door. You're mm-hmm. like, I really hope that he's he's a real bad boy. Yeah. And it seems like, <laughs> now, I guess since you said that you're into bad boys, was it the type of like bad boy story you were expecting? It wasn't. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, but it just kind of reminded, it did remind me of my 18-year-old self and <gasps> the first bad boy that um, I came across when I was mm-hmm. 18 that mm-hmm. I was just head over heels in love with. <laughs> Like I said, the first bad boy. And then I'm right. No, I heard that first. I went, I went, oh, there's a list. (laughs) Yeah, there's a list. But I'm a married one. So, oh, (laughs) yeah. Locked him down. Locked him down. (laughs) Right. So you kind of are living your own like ride or die fan fiction fantasy right now. Yes. Oh, I love that for you. I love that. That allows me to live so vicariously through you. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in my fan fiction that that I have Logan say that has literally been said by my husband. Oh so, my god, yeah. I love that. I have a lot to pull from. Right. Well, that must be why your fan fiction is so damn good. <laughs> you have like these fictional characters to base like the the characterization around, but you probably also like like you said like pull from your real life conversations and dialogue you've had to kind of build those stories. Yes. How does your Let me ask you cuz you has um I can't remember if you said it on or off recording, but you did say that you kind of like let the people in your life know that you're making these fan fictions. I did, yes. How how does your like husband feel <laughs> about I guess one, you kind of pulling inspiration from him and then two, like your your love of Ride or Die and specifically Logan? Uh well, I I can say he did buy me the the spark plug plug mm-hmm. chain. So cute. I was sad about um just having my moments being sad about Pixelberry canceling the book. Yeah. So that he bought that as a way to kind of make me feel better. He's not, but he's not necessarily jealous of it because he always says, well, I'm not tripping off no cartoon dude. <laughs> um, I mean, that's, that's his line. Um, <laughs> but he does have his limits. So he will say things like, Oh, you're not editing today or you're not writing today. You oh. know, you're going to put that away for today. Oh, okay. He's like, these next 24 hours, no mention of it, please. (laughs) He's like, I've given you your time or space. I need my time and space. Exactly. (laughs) But he has not, he read his very first, the very first chapter, which was um, chapter, no, he read chapter three of Ride or Die Ever After. That's the first chapter of my fan fiction that he's ever read. Mm-hmm. And that I kind of had to like say, okay, well, if you read this and I'll put it away for the rest of the night and I won't look at it. But, right. <laughs> and, that's, and that's why he read it. So, but, so he read it before I even released it. 
And I mean, he gave me good feedback on it. A couple of things to change, but he was like, yeah, this is the first and last one. It was good. You write well. No, <laughs> not for you. Yeah. No, well, that's sweet that he read it and like gave you like genuine, genuine feedback. That's really yeah. sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, like I think about, cause you, like I'm single right now and I'm like, oh Lord, I'm, I'm just like my, whoever my future partner is, like, I'm going to have to entertain whatever thing <laughs> they like. And so it's, it's nice that he, you know, gives you your space to enjoy that. <laughs> Yeah, this is, he calls it my, my alternate family. <laughs> you know al- what? That's fair. <laughs> it is. It really is. Your life that you like escape to. <laughs> exactly. I love something that you said earlier was about you, like the story just kind of took you back to when you were 18. That's something that I also talked about mm-hmm. being a huge reason why I defend the book and the character is because I feel very akin to Ellie when yeah. I was 18. Mm-hmm. There was no like bad boy, quote unquote, I guess in my life. I don't know, maybe by some standards, there were a few. But by my standards, (laughs) I don't think they were that bad, but I could see how someone could look at them and say, like, no, those are definitely quote unquote bad boys. But I just like, I get very like passionate in terms of defending, not necessarily the book, because I I can see how some people may not enjoy that type of content, but more so defending the character. Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes you go online, you try to have a discussion and some of the people were like, oh, Ellie's so stupid. And I'm like, y'all. <laughs> because I'm like, I did some of that shit when I was 18 now. <laughs> yeah. And was it stupid? I mean, yes, but it's it, also it, understandably it, stupid. Like, <laughs> In hindsight, it is really stupid. But yeah. at the time, I mean, we've all done things when we were young and even the young people now are doing things that they will think back on and be like, oh, that was really stupid. Exactly. I mean, that, that's, what, that's what that time was for. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The first year of like, quote unquote, adulthood when you're 18, mm-hmm. it's this crazy year where you're like, I'm finally an adult. But also, you know, like Ellie's in this weird position where she's like still in high school and still like at home with her father. So she's kind of trying to figure out like what freedom is still navigating her, her quote unquote, regular life, as I put it, with school and respecting her father's boundaries, but also trying to carve out something for herself that she doesn't feel like is serving that type of persona. And I just, I relate to that (laughs) so much. (laughs) I do as well. (laughs) (laughs) Especially because something that we kind of get into now, I don't know how much like ride or die naysayers you've run into in your time in the fandom. Not many. Or if if they're around, they haven't really said much to me about Mm -hmm. it. I mean, I I post what I like. Um, Right. And just with choices in general, uh, kind of lost a whole lot of motivation after they canceled Ride or Die. Yeah, and I mean I'm one hundred being one hundred percent honest. So yeah, but I post what I like, so I haven't had anyone, uh, you know, say anything negative. 
yeah. about the characters or about the book to me directly. Well, they better not. You let me know. <laughs> if someone's coming after you. <laughs> <laughs> I hate whenever people like, because I get this too sometimes, where like I'll post about a book that I really enjoy and someone will reply and they'll be like, I don't like that book. I'm like, who asked? Did I ask? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sorry, where was the question and answer section for this? Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, you can just, if you don't like a book, you can just ignore the post I made. You right. Move on. You can mm-hmm. do me. You can do all of these things. <laughs> like it, it's it costs you zero zero dollars to keep scrolling. Exactly. <laughs> zero do- it's free to mind your business. Minding your mm-hmm. own business is entirely free. <laughs> some of the some of the discourse that I had seen when Ride or Die was first releasing in 2019 was a lot of people were like, oh, this MC, she's so stupid. And I think a lot of it is based off of how much kind of the upfront chapters are motivated. Like in chapter four, there's some crazy shit that I forgot happened. Like there's this whole thing where, you know, chapter four is the is a chapter where you have to go save Logan from like running into the cops. Yes. And in that chapter, you can like pick this option that is either like, I'm going to protect my dad or I'm going to go protect Logan. Like you have to pick between those two motivations. (laughs) And I'm like, Lucas and I talk about this. I'm like, why can't it be both? (laughs) Why do I have to pick? Like, I love my dad, and I want him to be safe. And we know Kaneko at that time, like, we didn't really know that much about his character. We had just seen him, like, make Salazar fuck up his own car. So at this point, he's a scary motherfucker. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't want my dad dealing with that. But also, I have a crush on this new man, and I don't want him to get arrested. (laughs) So I feel like sometimes there's two, two ways that I feel about this whole, like, Ellie's a dumb character thing. A part of me feels like she's only as dumb as you play her. Right. Like, if you pick all of the options to make her so boy-obsessed that she doesn't see her real life, Mm -hmm. then that's kind of your problem. But also, too, it's like, Pixelberry kind of, like, fucked up a little bit because, like, why would you give us... I mean, I guess, like, it would make sense to choose, like, which one is your kind of your first thought. But inevitably, regardless of which one you pick in that moment, throughout the book really I was gonna say chapter but really throughout the book like Ellie continues to prove to be cognizant of what she's doing to both sides mm-hmm. like she's very aware of like I'm betraying my dad but also I really like this crew like she's very aware she's I feel like the way that people kind of had characterized her upon the book's like first couple of chapter releases was like she's very stupid because she's only doing there's only one thing driving her but even from the like canon narration of the game you know that that's not true right that's it's false to kind of represent her that way and even after that scene um when she let's say you choose to help logan and not her dad she still says Mm -hmm. she still says and i mean it's not a choice that you have to make she still Mm -hmm. says don't let him get hurt telling Mm -hmm. logan like don't let my dad get hurt absolutely so Absolutely. even if you took the route to save him and, um, and not worry about that, she's still worried about her dad. Of course. Yeah. I remember at the end of that scene, that's that's the chapter where they leave you on a cliffhanger. We're like, 
Jason is like, I found your charm bracelet in the parking garage. Yes. I know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so like, which first, by the way, that charm bracelet, that should look heavy. I don't know how she didn't notice that shit hitting the ground. <laughs> that looked like one of those expensive, fully loaded Pandora charm bracelets. You know the ones yes. I'm talking about? Uh-huh. The ones that cost like $300 to fill up the whole bracelet. Like you wear, you're wearing a 401k account on your wrist. I'm like, how did you drop that? <laughs> and they make a lot of noise. Exactly. Exactly. She should have never brought that thing to the crime scene in the first place. If she was trying to get Logan's attention, she should just shook her wrist. <laughs> like a cowbell. I'm here. <laughs> she she <laughs> you know when you're if you if you have like a pet, you can put like a collar on them and you always know what room they're in. That's what I feel like Ellie's <laughs> She's just walking through the garage, and they're like, "Oh, Ellie's here." Because <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure it was getting quiet. Yeah. <laughs> you shake your wrist over here. <laughs> but even in that scene where they're having dinner with Jason, like she kind of thinks to herself, because you know. Jason's wife, Megan, the fact that I know her name at this point is ridiculous, <laughs> but his wife like looks at looks at her and is like, well, how do you feel about going to Langston? And, you know, she's she can either say something really like fake positive, like, oh, it's going to be great. Can't wait to start my life. Yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Or she can say something that's like kind of pessimistic. That's like, I'm kind of afraid I'm going to fuck it up. And yeah. after that kind of interaction, she's like, why am, how am I here? Like, she was like, a couple days ago, I was in this man's car, speeding away from my dad's cop car uh-huh. and his whole troop of cops. And now I'm sitting here having dinner with the same men that I ran away from <laughs> talking about college. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's, it, I would say... I think she's quietly horrified at herself. A little I bit. Would like, agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't I don't really believe in this generalization of like Ellie is this really dumb character. Like I just don't I don't see that for her at all. Right. No. No. Not maybe not making the best choices, but definitely not mm-hmm. not dumb. I don't get that at all. I think you could characterize her as has enough information. Well, mm, let me take that back. Does she have enough information? Not really. <laughs> no, she no, does not, not have enough information. She does not have enough information. There's a lot of shit that gets revealed later on in the book. But <laughs> I will say for the information that she does have at the present time, she has enough to make a better decision than the one she's making. Mm-hmm. But every decision I feel like she makes is a calculated risk. Right. Like, she's always aware this could go sideways. Now, does she know how sideways it actually goes? No. None no, of us do. she did. has no idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she's always aware of, like, to me, truly stupid people are the people who don't even take the time to think about the consequences. Right. And I think Ellie does. And I think she spends a lot of time kind of, like, quietly reflecting on them. Yeah. In fact, the more that I play the book, the more that I'm like, I hope she goes to therapy after this. Because I I just feel like she has a lot of stuff she needs to work out. Like, (laughs) I feel like she needs someone to kind of talk to about what happened to her. (laughs) 
I did not put that in my fan fiction. <laughs> so I remember like reading the first couple of chapters of your fan fiction. She was having nightmares. I went, you know what? That's probably realistic for like what happened to her. Yeah. Some um, real life or death situations. You know, the situation that I think would, would have horrified me the most in that situation was having kidnapped someone. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I know that's not chapter four. Sorry. I oh, kind of is... moved on. But mm-hmm. having kidnapped someone without my knowledge. Yes. Like, what the hell? <laughs> I think that's something I would want to decide for myself if I want to exactly. kidnap a person. Exactly. To be killed. There's the kidnapping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's the uh, Kaneko suiciding in front of us. Oh, God. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> Yeah. There's the whole bursting through a highway and rolling <laughs> onto your school's parking lot. Mm-hmm. Which the fact that the next week she wasn't in the hospital was crazy to me. Like the fact that she got up and I graduated said, yeah, the next day. That very she didn't even get any sleep. Like she literally was like, Oh, I have cuts and bruises. Let me go ahead and put on my gown. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> and then also too in the whole casino scene depending on what choices you make you can literally watch jason kill somebody in front of you yes and then get locked in the vault to die yourself to die with all oh, the gas oh the gas <laughs> there's a lot of really traumatic things that she went through which it's like I almost kind of forgot about it, I think, because normally whenever I replay Ride or Die, I kind of just tend to focus on the first couple of chapters, because after after that, it gets real depressing. Like, it gets, mm-hmm. gets sad real fast. <laughs> but when I was reading her fan fiction, and she was having nightmares, I was like, hmm. Yeah, I guess that about suits it. Yep, that would make sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was a lot... <laughs> There's a lot for her to have nightmares about. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of, like, nightmare fuel in her day-to-day life that she was Mm -hmm. living back then. (laughs) And the fact that she just went on to college, like, oh, like like it was just a day in the life. Yeah, and, like, the next week, her and her miraculously repaired car Car? (laughs) just zoom-zoomed out of L.A. and just starts driving over to the East Coast. Not one broken bone. Nope. <laughs> no window was matched up. No. I said, I don't know how who the hell repaired that car for you. Because <laughs> I feel like in real life that would have been impounded as evidence. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's because her, her dad's like a hero hero detective. Maybe he pulled some strings. And I'm sure that's how she walked away from that whole situation unscathed, both from like a physical and legal standpoint. Yes. Probably he was like, that's my daughter. And she's going to be a witness and be an informant and whatever she needs to do to get out of this situation. She's going to tattletale on Jason, but she needs to go to college. (laughs) (laughs) I could imagine that, that conversation that he has with her, even though we don't see, I can imagine that conversation being like, listen, you can still, you, I will get you out of jail. I will get you out of having to serve time. But you still got to go to Langston after all of this. Don't think. <laughs> you can do a, a senior skip year. Don't do that. 
Don't think you can take a year to find yourself. Exactly. <laughs> You're going straight to college, yeah. Exactly. I can see that. I heard dad, I, I have heard lots of things about the dad. And I felt that he was a pretty good father. I mean, he was mm-hmm. way too overprotective. I mean, that whole not driving thing, that's uh-huh. insane. Uh-huh. But for the most part, I mean, he was a pretty, I thought he was a pretty good dad. He wasn't, he didn't do anything that I, I don't think any other dad would do. Like he, he wasn't over uh-huh. the top about just making sure that she kind of stayed on the path of, of going to college and just living a certain way. Yeah. And the only thing that was over the top was, like I said, the whole driving thing. And I wonder if mom died in a car accident. I wish they had given that background because it would have made so much more sense as mm-hmm. to why. I feel like they kind of relied on him being like a Grand Theft Auto detective to kind of define like why he didn't want her to do it. Like, I just feel like it I feel like it would have been a little bit of more of like an emotional pool if they had included the detail of like her yes. mother potentially dying in a car accident. But I'm 100% there with you. Like, I feel like, and this is where it gets difficult because- I definitely grew up with like kind of overprotective parents and looking back as an adult, I think that they did what they needed to do to make sure that I was being safe. Mm -hmm. Now they weren't overly overprotective. I feel like there's a certain level of like overprotective as in like, we need to know where you are versus overprotective as in you can't go anywhere. Right. And my parents were the, I need a GPS tracker on you. Like, (laughs) that's the kind of parents they were. And so when you're 18, that does feel insufferable. So maybe I feel this way because, like, I'm an adult and, like, I can now put myself in the shoes of having to be in charge of a child and an entire life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I didn't feel like he really did anything that wrong. I mean, the whole driving thing is super annoying. And I do feel like he was definitely hindering Ellie by not allowing her to learn how to drive and not being her teacher but at the same time if you really think about it on her birthday she goes out to this whole party (laughs) yes and she's out all night Mm -hmm. and you can be honest with him you can tell him yeah I'm going to a party yeah this man I just met at the party dropped me off and he really doesn't put up a stink about it no because in real life I think if he was that overprotective, he would have been like, what do you mean some guy dropped you off that you met at the party? He may have <laughs> crossed the line at the damn party. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Much less the mysterious stranger giving us a pickup. <laughs> right. <laughs> Before we continue with the rest of the episode, I do want to remind everyone that if you have any questions, theories, or comments that you would like to be included in a future episode, please email us at playchoicespodcast.gmail.com. Make sure to specify whether you want to be shouted out or not, otherwise all emails will be anonymous. Questions can be related to books we've recorded episodes on, books that we haven't discussed yet, or even questions that you'd like to ask us. Alternatively, you can go to our ask box on playchoicespodcast.tumblr.com and submit a question. Just specify that it's for the podcast and we'll be sure to include it. And back to our episode. And then if you think about it, like, she spends another night away because she goes to the sideshow. And then she spends all night at the garage and then has to rush back to her house to go get ready for school. 
And then she, I mean, granted, a lot of this could be explained by his work schedule, because I think in that specific instance, I think she was able to get home right before he got back from his late shift, I think. Yeah, she was only able to change clothes. Yeah. And then if you really think about it, like the whole aspect of like the whole book of Ride or Die, I have to plot it out, but it really (laughs) doesn't take place in that long of a time frame like I would probably no. estimate maybe like a month to a month and a half at most this is funny but when I reread it for I don't know the umpteenth time mm-hmm. I've read it the double digit number of times but <laughs> I, I actually sat there with pen and paper like going okay so that was this day and then they said a couple of days so that's like two days it really was about, I mean, when I put it all together, it was about two months. Yeah. About two months. Yeah. Because realistically, when you get introduced to the book, you find out that Cole's a college student who's gotten out of spring break. So mm-hmm. that puts it in about like maybe like mid to mid to early April time mm-hmm. frame, depending mm-hmm. on how your college schedule is. And then by the end of it, she's graduated from high school, which is like early May. Right. So all of this stuff happened in only two months. So for two whole months, she was running around with this crew, which means that she's not spending time at home. Now, I don't know about you, but my father at 18, Mm -hmm. that would have happened for Max like maybe two nights. And then he'd be like, where where are you at? Right. Where are you going where you're not home? Yes, the questions, what is it? Where, where are you going? Who are you with? Mm-hmm. When will you mm-hmm. be back? Those three mm-hmm. questions. Mm-hmm. And you're lucky if they ask you the last one, because sometimes they just tell you, you will be back here by this time. <laughs> <laughs> if you get the if you get the question, that's a, that's a, a gracious act of kindness they don't have to give you. <laughs> <laughs> I can see how in the dialogue, like, he can be pretty abrasive and like he he stands his ground really with her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She tries to emotionally appeal to him and he's like, uh no. You have to you really have to pay diamonds to get this man on your side for the most part towards the I end do. of the book. But I also don't yeah. blame him because he now knows that his daughter was running around with a Grand Theft Auto crew. Yes. So I can see how that's troubling and I can definitely see how from him being a cop he may be like if you don't pay the diamonds he may be like you're on you got your you got yourself into this mess you'll get you want to grown uh-huh. you want to grown you 18 you running around here doing stuff you're not supposed to be good luck yeah. you get yourself out of it yep figure it out it feels harsh from the character's perspective but I also think it's absolutely fair for him to be like I have given you guidance for like 18 years of your life. And now that you turn 18, now you turn a wild out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Go do it then. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can see him being like, I told you to stop running with them. You still running with them. <laughs> and then you bring him to my house. Uh-huh. Then I find him in my driveway again. <laughs> <laughs> like, I... I understand. I get it. I see it from his perspective. Maybe that's a sign of me getting old. I don't know. But I really, I really do see it from his perspective of being like, damn, 
she was just like, you know, my little angel. And she turned 18 and met this boy and she's still in cars. <laughs> yeah. I think that is a very hard pill for a parent to swallow when their kid mm-hmm. grows up. I mean, for some parents, it's really hard to see that. And I do feel like it was hard for him to um, to just realize that she was an adult, that she was growing up and wanted yep. to make her own decisions regardless of how, um, you know, regardless of, the decision she was making, she wanted to make her own choices. Yep. And yeah, it's hard letting go of some of that power mm-hmm. <laughs> as a parent. Exactly. I think he was, like you said, I think it's very difficult because it's like, how do you react as a parent when like your A plus valedictorian student starts stealing cars Yeah. and like helping a group of criminals steal cars? Like, how do you, because it's one thing if you're like, my teenage daughter is sneaking out and meeting boys. It's like, okay, so are so many other teenage daughters. But how are you going to be the Grand Theft Auto detective when your own daughter is doing Grand Theft Auto? Grand Theft Auto, exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I can see how that one is one that you kind of pause at. You kind of think about it like, hmm. Damn, how could she? personal? Right, exactly. You're like, you did you did the one thing that you knew would just break me in half. Right. <laughs> Especially because he told her, he's like, yeah, I'm chasing the NPC. And she's like, I am the NPC. I am. <laughs> you know what type of, like, evil, like, <laughs> Batman origin story that is? <laughs> yeah. Like... <laughs> so dark it's so dark and I understand how I can see how he may like from from the main character's perspective and maybe some of the audience perspective have been too harsh but I also see how I think sometimes responding and like the quote-unquote emotionally intelligent response I think that takes time I don't Mm -hmm. think that that is something that like everyone has hardwired programmed into them to always say the right thing like I think he could have gotten there with some time saying, oh, okay, I can see now how maybe the way that I have acted over the past couple of years, the way that I have tried to guide you may have felt stifling. I think that's something you have to think about later. That's one yeah. of those things you say, oh, I wish I had said. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you have a comeback after the fact. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I, I can't imagine in the heat of an argument or the heat of him trying to get her to mm-hmm. do what he wants her to do that he mm-hmm. is thinking along those lines he's just thinking, you're gonna stop right now you're gonna 100%. give me your phone you're not leaving the house mm-hmm. that's something that you think about like three years later where you're like i wish i had taken the time to explain to her that like mm-hmm. i only want the best for her and i only want her to do great things and I only want her to be safe and everything that she was doing was making me feel like none of those things were going to happen right and you know I'm sure that's a real life situation you just see red how could you not how could you not yeah (laughs) 
you would see, you would see red and the fact that she left the house just so easily he didn't tell mm-hmm. her to leave no nope. she, she left on her own it was mm-hmm. almost like this is my chance oh yeah she was like i've been waiting i've been waiting <laughs> on this waiting one this. yes <laughs> he was like hold on you packed your bags a little bit too quickly hold on <laughs> nobody said anything about leaving what are you talking about <laughs> Because it's crazy because, right, she's the one getting in trouble. Uh-huh. And then she gives him an ultimatum. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, like, um, I didn't put you out. You put yourself out. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the crazy thing is that he really like never kicked her out she came back on her own you know she she walked out being like i'm an adult i can do whatever i want and then when she faced adult consequences Uh walked back into his house being like daddy please help me daddy please daddy please i'm gonna go to jail everybody i love this man this this man who (laughs) flipped you off and telling you he only needs five minutes to get out like <laughs> this man who and in the in that scene logan made me cringe so hard i said why are you cussing this man out i'm trying to ask for help you're not helping like you <laughs> you are not helping my case like just please just sit there and be quiet logan <laughs> like you dad and logan about to just straight up fisty cuffs in the living uh-huh. room i'm trying <laughs> And I've got to get help for us. Right. I'm like, do you want to punch my dad or do you want to get out of this without going to jail? Like, you have two options. <laughs> Sit there and be quiet. Let me hit you. You hit this man. He's, he's got handcuffs right now. I know where he keeps the handcuffs. <laughs> They're right there. Well, I mean, he showed Logan what he had right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let me pull that gun Pulled it him. out. Yeah. He pulled it out so quickly. Like... <laughs> I just knew when the, the very first time I read the book, I just knew that he was going to shoot him. <laughs> I did. I thought that that's how that story was going to end, that he was going to shoot him. Man, that would have been really dramatic. It, it, it would And it almost happened, too. He really hesitated. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had cocked it and everything. Mm-hmm. The bullet was in the chamber, ready to go. But she said nothing. Ugh, that pissed me off. Yeah, no. She was just she watching. She said frozen. nothing. Just frozen. Just watching the whole interaction play out. Yeah, no, Dad, stop. Please don't. Put that away. Nothing. The most reaction that she had, I think, was at the end when, like, she went, he opened the door and he kind of looked at her. I mean, he didn't say it. I don't think he said it, but I think the look in his eyes was like, get inside, girl, before I beat your ass too. <laughs> <laughs> and she, I think she just kind of, I think it kind of describes her like a storming upstairs or something. Like she was like pissed off, but didn't really say anything to him. And I'm like, yes. make an attempt to emotion all this time. You try to emotionally manipulate your dad. And the one time where it might actually save Logan's life is what he was <laughs> That annoyed the shit out of me. <laughs> it's like is there not a choice for her to say something no you uh, really and, have to and leave I, it yeah that god that annoyed me <laughs> i'm not sure if they did that as a way to kind of like illustrate that eventually your dad was going to come to terms of like what happened on his own 
without you needing to intervene, but it would have made a lot more. Because up until that point, we really had no reason to think that he was going to let Logan go. Right, right. There wasn't really any characterization that would have made me feel comfortable. You know, like, I wouldn't have left them in a room alone together is all I'm saying. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so up to that point, I really had no reason to think that he wasn't going to shoot him. Yeah, I thought that he was. I thought that that's how the story was going to end. I really yeah. did. And then it and then it didn't happen. But yeah, I the first time I read it, I just knew that he was going to shoot him. It would have been in- heartbreaking, but entertaining. Oh yeah, it would have been. It would have made a lot more sense as to why we didn't get a sequel. <laughs> exactly. Well, we can't because, you know, Logan's dead, so. Logan's dead, so unless you're a Colt or Mona Schiffer, there's really nothing left here. <laughs> right. <laughs> it would have made a lot more sense. That's, that's, I'm, I'm still not over that. I also wanted to ask you, like, I know you said you had kind of went online looking for an answer about the sequel, and that's how you ran, ran into kind of like the online fandom. At what point did you start to like engage with the rest of the players? And at what point did you start to make content? Um, I started to engage shortly after I found the Instagram fandom. Um, I made it separate from my personal Instagram account, which I never use, mm-hmm. but I made a separate account um, and just came up with the name. And I started posting um like screenshots, which I think everyone does that, or Mm -hmm. everyone starts off posting screenshots. And then I just started seeing um, the edits that everyone was doing. And it's like, this is mind blowing. Like these look really good. And (laughs) so I tried my hand at it. And my first one, I swear, Bronwyn's head is detached from her body. (laughs) But... But people were so supportive. It was like, good job. (laughs) It it looks okay to me. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) But so like right away, I would say about, I think that was June of last year, like toward the end of June when I joined the fandom. Um, and I started writing fan fiction uh, like July, August, maybe. I started with the Ride or Die fanfic because it was just taken so long. And even though I had just read it in April, still, like, <laughs> it was taken so long and I just wanted closure. But it was it was actually personal. It was really just for me. Yeah. Um, and I wrote like five chapters and it was just for my enjoyment. And, yeah. And then a friend, someone that I met in the fandom, she encouraged me to share it. And I did. Well, I am so happy she encouraged you to, because it's a wonderful read. Thank you. And it's good. It's believable. I think sometimes, like, not to critique anyone's fan fiction or fan creation, because, I mean, really, that's just all for, it's none of it's canon anyways. <laughs> like, it's just right. free content people make. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I really appreciate about your fan fiction is that I think the arcs of how the characters kind of get back into each other's lives are really believable. And I think the reactions feel like something that the characters would actually do. That was 
I really wanted it to be as close to Pixelberry as possible. I mean, that's mm -hmm. why I did it in the PowerPoint where I could have the the scenes and the pictures and the music because mm -hmm. I was trying to make it as close to Pixelberry as possible. And I read and reread and reread <laughs> Ride or Die. I mean, I had read it so many times anyway, just for my entertainment. But then yeah. I kind of read along as I was writing so that I could nail the characters um but I appreciate your critiquing I mean when oh, you I went through it. the first couple of chapters it was like this is what I've been waiting for <laughs> <laughs> no I I am obsessed with it honestly like I really am and I saw you you're coming out with the uh, what is it so the first, remind me of the titles of both of them, because you have one you've completed and another one that you're currently in the middle of publishing and producing, right? Yeah, so the first one was just Ride or Die, Bad Boy Romance, book two. Okay. And the second one is Ride or Die, Ever After. Mm -hmm. And when I finished Ride or Die, um, the book two, I was like, okay, I'm so happy that this is done because it does. It takes a lot of time. I mean, the yeah. process is insane. Yeah. With, you know, first typing, um, typing up the story and then mm -hmm. plugging it into the PowerPoint and then having to record it. It's a lot mm -hmm. and it, it's time consuming. Mm -hmm. But the day that I posted the last chapter, I, <laughs> I sat on the side of my bed and cried. Oh, <laughs> I did. I really did. That was when my husband bought me the keychain. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I've been working on this for so long, and it just feel like a part of me is gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's a hundred percent understandable. Yeah, I was so sad when I posted the last chapter. Um, and then so then I like things just kind of come to me it's mainly in the middle of the night. Like I can just mm -hmm. dream up something and then I just have a whole dialogue and then I just run with it. And then I have to mm -hmm. like get up and get it down before I forget mm -hmm. it. And that's what happened with ride or die ever after. And I was like, well, you said you were done and you know, you ended the series, but it's like, I really, I really don't want to <laughs> like, I just really want to yeah. be there. So yeah. and that's how I started with the second one. Yeah, no, I mean, I was so excited. You had this whole like, uh, like banner reveal on like IG and I went, yes, because <laughs> I, like, I was never going to go to you and be like, please write more. Because I feel like sometimes as a creator, like sometimes you finish something, you're like, OK, no, that's it. That's all I'm making. Like, that's that's the end of that. I'm going to move on to something else. But, like, I just want you to know if at any point, you know, if you want to make some spinoffs, like you do whatever you I'm going to read it. <laughs> <laughs> well thank you <laughs> whatever you choose to make I'll, I will engage with because the writing is always like I remember I was catching up on the last uh latest two chapters from ever after last night and I went oh it's so good <laughs> it's so good <laughs> yeah see and that that came from like we were talking about the timeline for, for Ride or Die book mm -hmm. one, just how short the timeline was. Yeah. And I'm thinking there's just can't, there's no way that 
Logan can love this girl just like that. I mean, he's gone a hundred percent avoiding, you know, these type of relationships or his, yeah, his whole life mm-hmm. avoiding these type of relationships or relationships mm-hmm. in general. It had to start long before they met. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where that idea came from. So I'm thinking, okay, if I'm, you know, watching this girl trying to get intel on her so that I can pull her into the fold of the crew, I'm thinking something had to start then, mm-hmm. long before he met her. Yeah, because really, I mean, I think it's easy to kind of go through the first two chapters of where, you know, you bump into him at school, you see him at the party and the sideshow. I think it's easy to kind of be like, okay, maybe most of that wasn't genuine, maybe. But I think once you get to the scene where they get to, she gets to meet his crew Mm -hmm. and they go in the car and he starts opening up to her. I'm like, for that to have been fake, that felt very genuine to me. And it was what, two days? Two days. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) In in two days time, he's opening up and telling her Uh things that he hasn't told anyone. Exactly. And at that point, I, you know, there was nothing that she had done to make him want to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, up to that point, she had been your kind of stereotypical good girl. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm afraid I'm, you know, I'm a little bit thrilled by like the car chases we've been through. The sideshow was nice. But other than that, like it was very like casual surface level kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. up until mm-hmm. they had gotten in that car together when he yeah. had offered to show her how to drive like that yeah. was kind of the first substance filled conversation they had and so for him to kind of open up to her that quickly I mean there were some people when they were reading the book they're like oh it was obvious he was playing her I was like obvious to not I <laughs> yeah it wasn't <laughs> obvious to me <laughs> it was not obvious to me either because he yeah, he gave a, a a little too much of himself too quickly. Mm-hmm. But that's mm-hmm. my favorite part of that book, <laughs> of the entire book. Yeah, that conversation in the car. Oh, it's a great scene. <laughs> it's it's a it's a heart wrenching scene. It it's is. one where I'm like, wow. I I think to be honest, at a certain point, it's almost like Ellie almost becomes the least likable person in the book at a certain point. <laughs> Because it's like, you know, like, Logan's opening up, like, you have some conversations <laughs> with Colt where he opens up, you can have some conversation with Mona, mm-hmm. and Kaneko's opening up about, like, fatherhood, and Ellie's like, I'm here because I was bored. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, these are people who have been through some shit, you know what I mean? And Ellie's like, I was bored. This is and he life. was hot. Yeah, this is their life, and I just want the thrills. Yeah, <laughs> thanks exactly. for the thrills. <laughs> okay, before we get on with the rest of the chapter, let me interrupt with some plugs, so you can leave us a voice message at Anchor.fm/play-choices-podcast/message. It could show up in a future episode. You can also directly support this podcast at anchor.fm slash play dash choices dash podcast slash support. If we haven't convinced you yet, listen to this amazing, amazing commercial that Lucas and I put together for you. It takes me hours. (laughs) It takes me. No, keep singing. It takes me hours (laughs) to record. No, keep doing it. 
it takes me hours to record and edit this podcast. And with your donation of one dollar a month could save V from smashing her fucking head into a wall. Thank you so much. And back to our episode. I think the part though where she annoyed me the most was the casino scene. Oh my god, because it's after you realize if you had just left it alone, Ellie. Like, go home, Roger. And yes. That's, that's what that reminded me of. Like, like the adults have it under control, control please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like trying to tell them they're going too far, um, ma'am. As if you haven't been going far this whole time. Yeah, but that's what Mona told her. Uh, yeah, you're the one who's been, who's going too far. You're seeing things in us that's just not there. It's not oh, there. I love that line from Mona. I mean, honestly, just make that the best line in the whole book because it really is. Mm-hmm. And that's why Lucas and I were talking about, we were talking about chapter four. Lucas was like, oh, well, Ellie's really only using her to get a thrill. And I said, well, do you think that she's aware of that? Because I don't think she was. Mm-hmm. I think she genuinely thought like, oh, no, I'm out here having fun. Like, I really like him. I don't think she interprets herself as using the crew for a thrill until that dialogue option with Mona comes up and Mona is like this is the consequence of playing with people like us Mm -hmm. like it's not all fun and games it's not happy all the time like this shit can go south like immediately and look at what just happened right yeah all because you thought we were going too far Mm mm-hmm because you thought you were going to come in and save the crew and save the day. And like Mona said, you thought you were going to come in and get the bad boy. And that's not how life works. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. The chances of you changing him are a lot slimmer than um, are a lot slimmer than him changing you. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. And that's exactly what ended up happening. I mean, unfortunately, you know, Logan you know, canonically, outside of, you know, what we wish may have happened, probably does go on to live his life the the way mm-hmm. that he he was. Been doing it, yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, very short-filled romance of him falling in love with somebody who he wished things could have been different. Ellie wishes things could have been different, but ultimately ends up being exactly, you know, what you think it would be. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, even, so though, even though we want more. Even though we want more, we crave more. <laughs> <laughs> we want better for them, but we know that canonically it probably ends that way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because, again, he's lived his whole life like that. Yeah. I don't think it would change just like that. Yeah, I agree. So the last question I have for you before I, I know we've been talking about your fan fiction kind of here and there, but I had prepared like a list of questions for you. The last question that I wanted to ask just because this is interesting insight for me is like, how did you hear about the podcast? I saw it on Instagram and well, and you guys were discussing ride or die. So Mm -hmm. of course I was going to be there for it. And because I did not see it before when I think you started like a year ago? Yeah, I started it sometime in 2019, if I remember correctly. Okay, okay. So 2019, see, I wasn't even a part of the fandom mm-hmm. then. But I saw on Instagram where you were going to discuss Ride or Die. So 
like I said, of course, I was there for it because it was <laughs> ride or die. And then um, and I started following you on Instagram and then um, saw you on Tumblr, started following you there. The only mm. one that I had, like maybe just recently is Twitter because I really don't go to Twitter yeah. much at all. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I just not, not a big fan of Twitter. Yeah. But um, started following you on your different platforms and I just, I laughed so hard at that first episode when you guys discussed Ride or Die Chapter One and I was hooked. I was hooked. It's like, this is entertainment. <laughs> this is entertainment. And like, I can sit in here with my, um, with my earbuds in and I'm listening mm-hmm. and just laughing. Like, what are you listening to? Like, I'm listening to a podcast. Is it choices related? Yes. Choices related. Harry knows. Yeah. She's having a choices moment. She is. Right. <laughs> yeah, I've had very similar conversations with my own family. Like, I'll be on the phone with my mom and I'll be like, okay, I have to get off at 30 minutes because we have to record. And she's like, she asks me so many questions. She's like, well, what do you guys talk about? Like, <laughs> She's like, how long do you record? How many episodes do you have out? <laughs> Has your mom ever listened to one of your podcasts? I don't want her to. <laughs> Here's the thing. Like, me and my mom, I think, are, like, unreasonably close to each other. Like, way closer than I think most people are with their parents. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that she would be too surprised. And especially because, like, Lucas and I have been childhood friends for a long time. Okay. So she's very aware of how we interact, how we talk to each other. Like, she's very aware of that. For me, it's just, like, I have this, like, need for the podcast to be totally anonymous, right? Okay. And it's not that I expect my mom to go, like, run her mouth and post on social media, like, oh, my <laughs> child is hosting this podcast. Like, I don't expect her to do that. <laughs> But also, I feel like just in my head, the way that my brain works, I feel a lot more secure in it being anonymous, the less people that have a hold of it. Right. So even with Lucas, like Lucas's mom, he was telling me she asked, listen to the podcast and he went, nope. (laughs) (laughs) Now, my mom has never asked, you know, she'll ask questions and I'll answer, you know, what I can for her. But she straight up asked Lucas. Lucas went, no. <laughs> See, I could, I understand what you're saying because I could totally see your mom saying, um, inadvertently, just saying, "Well, mm-hmm. my daughter has a podcast and it's doing mm-hmm. really well," and mm-hmm. just spilling all the beans. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> my mom's never out there like trying to, trying to like dox me or anything. But I think, like, she is kind of one of those proud moms. Uh-huh. So she is going to be like that person who's like, my daughter has a podcast. <laughs> like, you can't, you can't say that, mom. <laughs> like, so much for anonymity. <laughs> yeah, no. So, you know, I, I do tell people in my life that I have a podcast. But so far, no one has really, like, specifically, except for my brother. My brother came out and he was like, I'd love to listen to it just to, like, show support. And I did let him listen to one episode. Like, I did. I did. I caved okay. in. You know, I have a soft <laughs> spot for, like, my my brother. Like, whenever he's having one of those 
like proud big brother moments. I'm like, oh, okay, here you go. (laughs) (laughs) And he did listen to it and he was like, it was really good. (laughs) And my brother knows nothing about choices. So I told him, I said, listen, I was like, you may not understand the subject content, but I said, we walk through the plot of the book. So it's, it's not like you're going in with like no idea of what's happening. Right. Um, it's because I feel like there are some podcasts that do kind of like only talk about the commentary. They don't necessarily walk through the plot with these books. I feel like it's difficult, especially since Ride or Die came out like, oh, my God, over two years ago at this point. Yes. It's like I do have to go through the plot to kind of remind people what it is that we're laughing at. Mm-hmm. So he listened to it and he was like, it was so good. I loved it. And he was like, you have ads? <laughs> he was like, how would you get ads? <laughs> but my brother is really the only person who's like come out and said like I want to listen to it everyone else is kind of like they'll ask questions they'll be like how many listeners do you get and how many followers do you have and how often do you publish and stuff like that but pretty much like everyone's just kind of like been content with me just telling them like very vague details and not necessarily revealing like what exact book quote-unquote we're talking about are exactly what the name of the podcast is which I really do appreciate because it is just kind of like a safe space for me like I I can come online I can post what I post I can interact with listeners and I have a really fantastic time interacting with everybody like Mm -hmm. I love like like you said like Twitter not my forte like no (laughs) I definitely was like a 60 year old woman on that app because let me tell you I was using hashtags Twitter doesn't use hashtags anymore what was I doing (laughs) like it's not my forte but I've definitely built up like what I think to be like a good relationship with my followers on on um Twitter. I have a couple followers who I know are always going to comment and stuff on my Instagram. I have a couple people on Tumblr who I know like keep up with my content. So it is just kind of like its own little safe space for me. Mm-hmm. So I like to protect it as much as possible. Yeah, like your your escape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Like you this have go your alternate family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have my like podcast where I get to BV. <laughs> and then yes. you know no one really no one really bothers me outside of that. So <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I appreciate the feedback. I appreciate you listening. You know, I know the podcast sometimes they be long. <laughs> I always try to listen like when I'm in the car. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's the only time I have where yeah. I can just kind of listen um, uninterrupted. Yeah. Just, you know, on my way to work and yeah. things like that. And I'll just break it up into maybe two sessions if mm-hmm. if I can't get it all in at, at once. One time, though, I was listening at work at <laughs> my earbuds. <laughs> It was the T. It was the TNA episode. Oh my goodness! Not that one. That's the most chaotic one. <laughs> but it was funny. I mean, Lucas talking about kidnapping children. <laughs> there were so many things he said, where I was like, "Where did that come from?" Like, I was... that was not a good stopping point. No. <laughs> so I had to listen to that. I had to continue to listen at work. Yeah. 
But I really, I do genuinely appreciate you listening to the podcast. Like I always say, it's weird to know that there are people that are listening to us. Like I have one follower, his name's Eric on, on Twitter. He tags us every Saturday. He's like, I'm going on a walk. I'm listening to the podcast. I'm like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) It's just crazy to me. It's crazy. A a part of his Saturday routine. Yeah, exactly. Like we're a part of, I'm like, you're waking up with us. Oh, bless you. (laughs) (laughs) No, I enjoy I enjoy your podcast and I am so grateful that you have me on. Oh, of course. It was like a dream getting you on. When you said, Oh, I'll join, I said, Girl, slide into my DMs right now. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Put me in coach. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I I I mean, honestly, it, it was a dream for me too. When I saw that you were like taking guest hosts. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to be on there. I want to be on there. (laughs) I would love to have you on for an episode where Lucas can actually join us. Like, I would love to see you two interact. Oh, man, I would love it. I would love it. Because I really think, you know, he's only right up to chapter four at this point. For context, I don't think we said this on the recording, but I decided to not have Lucas join us because I don't want any spoiler alerts. And I knew we were going to talk about Ride or Die. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to spoil anything for him. So I didn't invite him on to this, this episode. And I strictly forbade him from listening to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so Lucas, if you're listening, I'm going to find out. <laughs> But I would love, like, because I think we're going to have a couple of, um, I have a couple of other ideas for formats of episode where we can still kind of tackle ride or die, but it'll just be in a different format. It won't be on a chapter by chapter analysis, but it does kind of, unfortunately, require, like, Lucas getting caught up fully on the book. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a long ways out, but I would love to have you, like, as a future guest host on one of those episodes as well. Like, I think that would be great. I would love it. <laughs> I cannot talk about ride or die enough. Right. That's why I told Lucas, I said, I'm not ready to reach chapter 16 because then I have to kiss the kiss the episode format goodbye for ride or yes. die. And that's going to be heartbreaking for me. I think I might get emotional. <laughs> yeah. For the longest time, every time I reread it, I would not play chapter 16. I would mm-hmm. play up to a certain point and then I yep. would just start the book over again it's like yeah. if, if I don't end it it doesn't end exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> if I don't end it then it, it just doesn't end the, exactly. that ending doesn't exist exactly a hundred percent obsessed I'm a ride or die for ride or die <laughs> oh absolutely that's the greatest thing I've heard <laughs> So thank you so much. I did have some questions about your fan fiction. And also I want to go ahead and replug. I know she plugged earlier. I want to go ahead and replug. You have a YouTube, Tumblr, and Twitter called Ride or Die Chronicles. And Ride or Die is hyphenated if they're looking it up. Yes. And then your personal account is choices. Is it choices dot? I think it's choices dot lady. It is. On Instagram. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for content, you can find it on IG, you can find it on YouTube, you can find it on Tumblr. My personal favorite is watching on YouTube. And Mm -hmm. I will say, 
I I can rant and rave about this fan fiction all day. I love it. I'm obsessed with it. It's amazing. It's not just a written fan fiction, which written written fan fiction is good. I'm not trying to put it down. But what she does is she literally takes it. You have the whole background that that Pixelberry makes. You have the music playing, and it it's laid out very similar to the Choices app. So it really does feel like a recreation of what a ride or die sequel could have been. Like it has all of the visual and audio components that you need to feel mm-hmm. like you're opening up another book in the app. So I think it's amazing. Thank you. Please go check it out. In fact, I would say it's required reading. <laughs> <laughs> you are all being assigned homework. <laughs> go read it. <laughs> you're someone who feels wronged by the events of Ride or Die. Like, trust me. It will it will heal all of your aches, <laughs> all of your wounds. <laughs> Not another commercial. <laughs> if you have been wronged by the cancellation of Ride or Die, <laughs> please call one eight hundred Chronicles. <laughs> you may be <laughs> worth the compensation. <laughs> Let me tell you, if nothing else, we are great marketers. We are amazing marketers. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, I've been laughing so hard. My face hurts. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. So, kind of as a summary for everybody to be able to understand, like, what this fan fiction is. You created Ride or Die Book 2, which is at a, a sequel that kind of follows the immediate events of Ride or Die. Mm-hmm. And right now you are in the middle of putting out a sequel called Ride or Die Ever After, which acts like a sequel, but it's also kind of a prequel. It's not as complicated as I'm making it sound. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> like, it makes sense once you start, once you open up chapter one of Ever After, you're like, I see where she's going with this. But it really is, like, just such an amazing work. I'm a huge fan of it. I think you're so talented. I think anyone who was even a mild fan of Ride or Die can appreciate what you've done. It's so well produced, so well written, so in character. I will qualify that it is like a Logan-centric kind of thing. So if you're a Logan shipper, yes. that's what I think the where it really serves. There are some cameos from other characters, so it's not like it's 100% focused on Logan. But I do think that regardless of, you know, even if someone isn't into Logan from a romantic standpoint, I do think that you do justice to all of the characters. Oh, I've loved seeing it so far. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) because I did did feel some kind of way about it. It was so hard to try to think of what I would do for Mona in Mm -hmm. the book, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I just was not sure. It's like, how do I write? I mean, she was in prison. What do I yep. do with that? Yep. Um, but I did want to include her more in the second, um, well, in Ever After. Yeah. Um, and Toby. And Toby is like my favorite non-love interest oh, character ever. <laughs> but I did want to include them more in Ever After. Because um, it was just really kind of hard to think of how I could bring them back in yeah yeah the ending of the canon book one 
mm-hmm. is definitive. Like yeah. <laughs> for a lot yeah. of the characters, it's hard to come back from what they wrote, what they wrote them into, which may be why they ended up kind of abandoning the plot. I don't know. Yeah, I did wonder for a long time how they were how uh, Pixelberry would do a book two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was shocked when they had announced it because they had announced it maybe like I think they announced it the day that chapter 16 went live and I I'm pretty sure I could go back and find my comment <laughs> <laughs> but I said something where I was like I'm really excited but also really confused <laughs> as to how yeah. they're gonna do this because they wrote themselves into a hole that I don't think they were able to write themselves out of which probably was <laughs> why <laughs> So, yeah, no, I mean, the fact that you took on the challenge that even Pixelberry wasn't about to do is really applaudable, I think. Like, <laughs> Pixelberry was like, I'm not going to touch that with a 10-foot stick. <laughs> We're leaving that one alone. <laughs> I mean, they did, though, like, with her graduation, when Rhea called her, mm-hmm. and she answered the phone, Logan, like, <laughs> that without even looking at the phone she just answered you know logan and Rhea's like what no <laughs> she's like yeah girl we're graduating what are you doing Where are right. you? <laughs> why are you still in bed well i flipped my car last night uh-huh <laughs> and but i just feel like i don't know that to me did not seem like closure i yeah. mean it, now at the end of the book after you know she drives off and into the white space mm-hmm. that did seem like closure but it's just there was still a longing there the fact that she would mm-hmm. answer the phone like that yeah she definitely has like a a yearning mm-hmm. to kind of go back and I think it's one of those like here's the thing I think there are some people like I think you can kind of divide the people who are upset by the book ending mm-hmm. into kind of multiple categories you can you can kind of divide people into the I always need a happy ending camp mm-hmm. and they like sad endings which I'm not that person I love a good sad ending like I love it if, if I if I feel like it fits the story I'm fine with it right. and then you can have people who are just simply disappointed that there's not a sequel which is me like I'm like I understand <laughs> I'm like listen I get it there's a lot of situations in life where you don't get closure I always think about the one who got away like I get that that's probably a real concept for a lot of people but I'm like damn it you promised me a sequel and like <laughs> I was waiting around <laughs> I've been waiting around since March of 2019 waiting for a sequel <laughs> I, I, I think if they had never said that they were going to do a sequel it you know people would have been upset maybe initially but then they would have mm-hmm. gotten over it a lot quicker a lot right. sooner 100 percent. the fact that you just kind of strung people along it's in the works it's in the works exactly it's a long they ways out for two years yes 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 that that was the deal breaker mm-hmm. the fact that you just kind of drew it out for two years Absolutely. I'm 100% there with you. I think if, because here's the thing, I I think I commented, I was like, man, I I think I said something along the lines of like, I love this book and I hope there's a book too, but like the way that they wrote it, it felt like an ending. It felt like uh, Ellie's going to go to college and this is going to be something that impacts her for the rest of her life. But we're like, that's, that's it. (laughs) That's how it felt. 
and you can kind of be happy that they didn't do, do a book two with the way mm-hmm. that some mm-hmm. of the sequels are shaping mm-hmm. out to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm not going to name specific stories, but... But we know. Yeah. We know. <laughs> they are just not the same. Yep. yep. <laughs> it's not the same. Yep. That, that magic that was in the first books is just not there. Yeah. So... I, I am glad that they ended it instead of ruined it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. I think it's it's nice. I think it's better to kind of have something, just kind of like cradle it as like a fan favorite mm-hmm. rather than watch them make a book two and a book three. Oh, now you book three, you guys get to plan their wedding. It's like, oh my God, I can't. <laughs> I'll have to have another like AME situation. <laughs> like I can't. <laughs> All right, before we move on to the rest of the chapter, let me interrupt to plug our socials. We are at Play Choices Podcast on Instagram and at Play Choices Pod on Twitter. You can also go to playchoicespodcast.tumblr.com for our Tumblr page, which is where I post any episode notes that I have, like links to posts that I've mentioned, photos I've mentioned, or more. We're also available for listening on all major platforms, so if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate, review, and subscribe. It's a funky thing with the algorithm that helps us a lot. I wish I could explain it more in depth, but I just know that it helps us. So we do appreciate any reviews that you leave us. And as always, we are a growing podcast. So if you see us pop up on your socials, we do appreciate a share, a retweet, or a reblog, depending on the platform you see us on. We also appreciate it when you share our podcast with your fellow Choices-loving friends. And now back to the episode. But I'm just, I'm curious from a production standpoint, because, you know, like, I have to produce this podcast. So, and it is, like, I think for people who don't produce kind of, like, long-standing form of content, they may not, like, understand how much time it takes. Mm -hmm. So, I'm just wondering, like, from writing to production and release, how long would you estimate a chapter takes you? I would say at least. Uh, and and obviously it's broken up over a couple of days. I may mm-hmm. write some um, and then I'll leave it and then I'll get a bright idea and I'll write some more. But it, I would say if I were to just sit and do it all in one um, sitting, it would be about seven hours. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Um but I mean, just the, the writing process, of course, is is I can't just sit and do it in one sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, but the hardest part, though, is not so much the writing, getting the words down. It's the putting it into the PowerPoint. And yeah, that's a pain. Yeah, <laughs> that's a pain. That's one of those things where I said, why did I start doing it this way? <laughs> Is it too late to change? Right. <laughs> um, but that's that's the hardest part is just getting it in that PowerPoint and then being able to record it um, because I do have to just do the playthrough after I've read it 700 times and, mm-hmm. and then I can almost recite it. Mm-hmm. Um, but after I've read it so many times and then having to read it again to record it and then just getting it uploaded. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And also, because you said you had about five chapters written before you started to decide to release it when your friend kind of told you to. So how far do you typically find yourself getting in a plot before you're like, okay, now I can release chapter one? 
Hmm, that's a good question. Um, so when I wrote the, the, the first five chapters, it was just kind of from the heart, um, you know, their reunion. Um, it, there was really not a process to releasing that because it was already done. But then like the next set of chapters after that, um, it's just basically making sure that it makes sense, that it doesn't mm-hmm. sound too cheesy and cringy because sometimes I'll go back and I'll read it and I'm like, oh, did I really say that? Did I really put that out there? Um, so I would say the process to decide whether or not I'm going to release it, that takes significantly less time than actually doing the whole chapter Okay. at once. Gotcha. So we're going to get into content kind of stuff. So I'm not sure if you if you want us to get into these type of questions. I feel like they kind of can be spoiler alerts for the fan fiction. And, you know, some listeners who may tune into this episode may not have the opportunity to listen in. So is that something you're comfortable with us getting into? Questions about the content specifically? Oh, yes, I'm comfortable. Okay. And uh, if you don't want spoilers, go read the damn thing already. You should have been left. You should have been binged it by now. You should have left in the first 10 minutes when she first plugged it. Okay. <laughs> so some of the questions I have is in book two, mm-hmm. we see Logan and Bronwyn kind of get into some CD activities. Mm. Did you struggle with that decision? Were, were you like, Oh, of course they're going to, or were you kind of like, I'm not sure if they should or not. No, I wanted them to, um, Mm -hmm. because for Logan, especially again, that's the life he's lived all of his life. Mm -hmm. So there, regardless of, you know, how, how much he loves Bronwyn and how much he's changed and that yearning, I feel like would still be there. And if the opportunity presented itself, I think that he would take it. I think anybody would. If, Mm -hmm. you know, if that's the life that they've lived all along Mm -hmm. and Bronwyn more so just the thrill of it, you know, Mm -hmm. I wanted that thrill before I kind of got away from it, but what the hell, (laughs) you know, I'll I'll try it again. Um, And with that story, I really wanted to take it like I had great aspirations for that like (laughs) I wanted Logan to say well oh I'm not going back to LinkedIn I want to stay here and I'm going to do this but like I said the time thing it was like yeah I I gotta end this I gotta end this that's their last job they're done they're going back to LinkedIn but I, I really wanted him to really struggle with um with changing his lifestyle I think it is. I think it is a realistic struggle because, I mean, one, that's what he's done his entire life. Mm -hmm. And certainly it is quicker money than doing a regular job like Mm -hmm. what Logan attempts to do when he comes, when when he's trying to prove himself to her and saying, like, listen, I did all this stuff. And that's got to be tough if you're going from someone who's like making a lot of money stealing these very expensive cars to being like a mechanic. Like, right. that's got to be a huge pay cut. And then the lifestyle, I'm sure he's probably sitting there like, I used to run away from cops. Now I'm getting married to a cop's daughter. Like, 
watching the game with the cop's daughter uh-huh. with the cop, mm-hmm. drinking beer with the cop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I really wanted him to struggle with that. Um, and I didn't t- take it as far as I wanted to because, like I said, I was just kind of like, oh, my gosh, my time. I, I love this, but my time. Um, yeah. But that that's what I wanted to get across, that it was just a struggle for him to change. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And I loved, I loved watching the way it played out. I love the way it was written. The other thing that I think is interesting is that in these books, we kind of get to see, I don't know if this is the right word, but I'll use it because I'm struggling to find anything else. We <laughs> see like this domesticated side of Logan that mm-hmm. isn't really like present in the original book. And it's almost like kind of hard to imagine prior to reading it mm-hmm. in your fan fiction. So I have one, my question is how much fun was it writing that part of him? And then two, were you kind of nervous to write that at all? I was because he has no, he doesn't have any idea. I mean, based on the first book on Pixelberry's book, mm-hmm. he has no idea about family Mm-hmm. And what it is to be a good dad or mm-hmm. what it would be to, to be a good husband. But I did want his and Kaneko's relationship to kind of be like the guide, I guess, mm-hmm. um, because it was kind of fatherly. And I don't think he saw it that way in the first book. But then yeah. in hindsight, when you think about it, like it was kind yeah. of, it was a very, you know, father son relationship. So yeah. I wanted that to be like the guide um, to how he is with his own children. Yeah. And then uh, Bronwyn's dad, just in in uh, book two, he talks about, um, you know, his relationship with Bronwyn's mom. And and then he talks about, well, when you know when he's with the, the new girlfriend, the new mm-hmm. fiance. So that was kind of like his... Um, I guess his example for what it would be to be a good husband. Yeah. So this, these are not things that he just knew. He just kind of saw it as he goes along. Yeah. And just kind of picks up from there. Yeah. Cause he doesn't, you know, like he said, he didn't really get raised with a family. So, and I would even say the examples that you, that you get from like Kaneko and her, her dad too, aren't like, necessarily perfect or complete examples because typically Mm -hmm. whenever people kind of pull from a from what they think parenthood should be they recall like the 18 years they spent with their parents Mm -hmm. and logan is getting little snippets here and there of that so he kind of has to like bridge the gap of how to be a normal dad even though his (laughs) only example of fatherhood is the crime boss (laughs) (laughs) that he was running with (laughs) right (laughs) which is tough this is not normal (laughs) right (laughs) no not normal at all not normal so I mean that was it, it was it's it's tough to write him in that light um and that's more where my husband comes in Mm -hmm. just kind of steps in into that character um Mm -hmm. because it's not typical logan yeah it's it's not you know the way logan was portrayed in book one yeah yeah that makes sense to me so you finish the second book you're now in the middle or sorry you finish the 
the well I guess second book wasn't wrong you finished book two <laughs> mm-hmm. and now you're in the middle of putting out um ever after do you where I know I don't want you to give any spoilers I don't even know how far in advance you've you've written this whole plot but are there any hints teasers you can give us about like where you see the plot going and also further do you anticipate writing beyond ever after do you anticipate doing whether it's like another series of logan and bronwyn or just focusing on the side characters do you see yourself going that far uh no (laughs) i I don't um i i don't but then i didn't after writing book two yeah so it, it just depends on how how i feel when i hit that post button for the last chapter um and as far as ever after the only thing that i can give away without giving away too much mm-hmm. is that marta is not who she seems Ooh. to be Ooh. <laughs> i love that wow that just made me so excited to read the next chapter <laughs> <laughs> i was already excited i was already super excited by the by the premise of what's going to happen i think in chapter four i think is the next one for you to release as of today yes but that's awesome that's amazing now my brain is like swimming with like who she could be (laughs) yeah because there has to be drama of course course. without (laughs) drama then it's just a fairy tale (laughs) of course of course and I'm also curious because you know a lot of your content is geared towards write or die do you have any other books that like even come close to like being ride or die level for you no no (laughs) there's there's no other book that I've that I know there's no other book that I would want to spend my time writing on Mm -hmm. um the only one that I'm passionate about is ride or die now there are lots of good books that I will read and I will reread but I know I would not spend my time writing on them like, I have lots of, yeah, I have lots of favorites, but yeah, nothing that I would, yeah, it, I'm just really passionate about Ryan yeah. <laughs> so that's the only one that can get my time, and this yeah. much of my time. Yeah, I'm assuming Open Heart is one of your favorites, because I see you reference it every now and then online. Uh, the first book, yes. It yeah yeah not. no uh the second and third one are rough we we don't we don't acknowledge those ones <laughs> yeah the first one I really loved that book that um a Cartesian of Rome mm-hmm. that one I liked a lot um mm-hmm. and these are just some of my favorites I really like uh the royal romance okay the, the first one yeah the first one was pretty good yeah, yeah. but again I I wouldn't probably wouldn't write on any of those yeah outside of ride or die yeah yeah no I completely understand (laughs) okay well those are all the questions that I had is there anything else you wanted to discuss no I think that's it well thank you so much for lending me your time coming on here talking to me I really appreciate it Thank you for having me on. Oh, there is one thing I did want to comment on. Sure. Uh, because there were a, a couple of questions about it, and that was the Renee character. 
yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Renee. <laughs> yes. Renee. Again, it, it's just a fairy tale if it, if there is absolutely no drama. You need oh, I agree. in there to kind of break up the monotony. They were mm-hmm. like, kind of going well. And Renee comes in and, you know, she was really into Logan. But he was into her, too. Yep. And, and the thought process behind that was she was more like him than Bronwyn ever could be. Mm-hmm. And that attracted him to her. That's what he was used to. Now, yeah. of course, all of this is in my head. But of course, <laughs> that's what attracted him to her. The fact yeah. that she was more like him. Um, and again, it was during a time when he was struggling with the with the change. Yep that he had made in his life. So yep. that's where that came from because I know there were some people like, really? <laughs> like, why would you do that? I love it though, because I think sometimes like, just speaking of like ride or die in general, there has to be balance, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's no perfect partner out there that doesn't mess up in some sort of way. That's why mm. why I love all of the allies in ride or die because Logan betrays you before he's even officially met you like I mean already gone down that road already kind of made that error prior to even meeting your acquaintance in person Cole ultimately way more driven by this extended metaphor of like fire inside of him Mm -hmm. and I personally (laughs) I'm sure this will come up later on in some of my my um, discussions with Lucas in Ride or Die but to me Colt kind of projects what he wants from Bronwyn onto her mm-hmm. <laughs> and then yep yeah. and then with um Mona I mean she's shown time and time again she is hardened she is a person who so I remember they said that oh yeah well we told Mona the truth about kidnapping because we knew she wouldn't care and she did it I mean she's mm-hmm. kind of I mean she's just who she is and she's unapologetic about it mm-hmm <laughs> She's very much very super upfront, super. I think she's more honest with um, the MC than either Logan or Cole about her mm-hmm. intentions. Mm-hmm. She's very upfront in saying, like, if it's you or me, I'm picking me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I love about them because, like, I feel like sometimes, you know, I'll pull from, like, I'll use a classic, like, the world romance. Sometimes mm-hmm. these are, like, these all too perfect allies. And yes. it's not that they don't have flaws, but it's like they're deeply hidden. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it takes a while to get to them. Whereas with Ride or Die, like you see these characters kind of have their own struggles, their own motivations, their own reason for doing things that isn't entirely driven by Ellie. And Ellie is just kind of like a part of their day. Right. But they're not the whole day. It's not the whole event of their life. The other thing that I think is really useful about Renee and, and the way that you've written that character is that I feel like Renee is kind of a a reason as to why Bronwyn and Logan kind of look at each other and go, we're not doing that shit again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because she makes the whole operation go sideways. And that's when Bronwyn goes, oh, hell. <laughs> and without things going sideways because of her, that job could have went perfectly. And Logan and Bronwyn could have continued doing what they were doing. Exactly. <laughs> so, that reminder they probably the story could have gone totally different 
Yeah, and it and it would have. I mean, if had it gone off without any hitches, which that part came in after the fact because of originally the job was supposed to go off without a hitch, mm-hmm. and it would get to the point where Logan did not want to go back to Langston because yeah, yeah. this is this is my life. Yeah, but yeah, time constraints changed that. Yeah, and and made me switch it up. But then yeah, after that, it's like yeah, I'm I'm done. <laughs> I I'm think done. it's totally believable, you know. I think it's I think it mirrors kind of the plot of Ride or Die, right? Because like Bronwyn is like I'm here for the thrill and then when stuff got bad, she's like I got to go. Yeah, I'm out. And that's kind of the same <laughs> thing that happens and then with Logan, Logan I think has a better handle of how to deal with the situation when it does go south, mm-hmm. but I think for him his limit is is Bronwyn in danger? And that's exactly what happened. Yes. <laughs> so he's like, okay, that's the one thing I'm not willing to risk is her being in danger. Exactly. And and that's exactly how that was written. Mm-hmm. The fact that she was in danger. And then, of course, he always, always feels like it's because of him. Because mm-hmm. yeah, she wouldn't be there if it wasn't, if it wasn't mm-hmm. for him. And then he wasn't able to help her. And mm-hmm. that part, just that... That I think that was the the deciding factor for him is that he wasn't yep. able to help her immediately. He wasn't able to help her. Oh, that part made my heart race. Yeah. I was reading that. I was like, oh hell, he better get back in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, had had he gone back in to help her, I mean, the, uh, neither of them would have made it out. Mm-hmm. Exactly, I, and I think that's what is so like that's what I love about that part of the conflict is that like his way of remedying a situation is how quickly can I fix it and he couldn't fix it so Mm -hmm. he had to sit there in his stress and anxiety and be like shit I have to wait because if I go in now it's actually going to be way worse for her Mm -hmm. so I, Mm -hmm. I love that part and then this is not including Renee, but just something that I thought of as a side note, something that I really enjoyed in, you know, ever after that scene where you show like Logan becoming a part of the crew. Cause we, we talked about this, I think over YouTube comments, I think it was in like episode <laughs> three or four of this whole thing, right? This whole thing where it's like, Logan never brought a girl. I'm like, huh? You really trying to tell me this man and out her flirt with everything that moves? <laughs> no, not buying it. Not buying it at all. <laughs> not realistic. I don't agree. I don't approve. That whole scene where he tries to like lay it on thick with Mona what and up? she rejects him. I was like, oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. That's exactly why I put that in there based on our conversation over YouTube. <laughs> I mean, I really almost put that line in there about him smashing in his car. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, my God. I would have cried if I saw that written into it. I, I really started to put that in. Just like, no, let's be a little bit more subtle. But I started to put that in there. <laughs> and then just his whole attitude when Kaneko is telling him, you know, to 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 get Bronwyn to trust him. And he's oh, like, yeah, he's like, easy. 
Yeah. Done that a million times. <laughs> <laughs> overconfident. Just overconfident with it. Mm-hmm. I love that part. Because I was like, there's no way you can really try to sit here and convince me and try to act like this man <laughs> is this not is- just flirting with women and just, you know, Left getting what light. he can when he can. Like. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> That is so funny because I remember we were having that conversation. Yeah. And I was crying laughing on the other end. <laughs> it's like, that is so true. Lucas and I were sitting there like, I know this man. I know he fucking in the club. I know he taking some girls to the bathroom and locking the door. Like, I know he is. There's You just can't. There's no way. Convince me that he's not. All these people being like, he's never brought it. I'm like, that is, that's the part where I read it. And I, you know, sometimes you read a part of the book and all of a sudden you're kind of like taken aback and you're, you're suddenly not so into it. That was a moment where I was like, hmm. Yes. I don't know how believable I find that. It's <laughs> not right here. And then they kept mentioning it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. they kept mentioning it. It's like, no, I'm not buying that. I mean, if she's I'm like, she's literally falling over herself and yes. at how hot he is. And he, there are just no girls. No girls. Yes. I'm not buying it. Especially because we saw at the high school party, Ingrid was damn near tearing off her clothes off in front of him. Mm-hmm. You trying to tell me mention- women don't do that to him everywhere he goes? Right. And and even the other girls, like, who's that hot guy with Brent? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's not biting? Mm-mm. I'm not buying it. And Rhea, <laughs> even Rhea, Rhea in front of Darius multiple times. <laughs> Rhea's like, I'll leave your ass right now. You give me a reason. <laughs> she really did. She's like, I'm right here. I'm right here. She's like, listen, Ellie, I'm really happy yeah. for you. But if things don't work out, let me know. <laughs> I am here for it. Exactly. <laughs> It's like at a certain point, it's like, okay, I get it. They established in the plot that like this was the secret between like Kaniko and Logan. Okay, like I get it. I understand that. However, a part of the thing that made me feel like maybe other people were gonna be in it is because multiple people had repeated that line. And I was like, did y'all did he tell y'all to say that when I came? <laughs> like <laughs> Because Vaughn said it, I can't remember if it was Hemina or Mona that said it, but one of the one of the two women in the crew made that comment of like, "Oh, he never brings girls around here." I said, this, "At this point, he must be texting y'all beforehand, saying like, find right. a way to fit this in the conversation, please. I don't want her to think I'm a player." <laughs> right, and even Toby, I mean, even Toby alluded to the fact he said Logan brought a girl. Logan brought a girl here. Mm-hmm. Like what? A girl? Right. <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, either he's been bringing guys or mm-hmm. he's doing something with the girls elsewhere. Right, exactly. They're like, oh no, it's usually in the car. So it's weird <laughs> that they're in here. That's kind of first. Congratulations on making it inside the door. <laughs> it's usually outside of the garage, on the side of right. the street, in the alley. Right. 
This is usually in the alley around back. <laughs> well, he did take her there after they played pool. He did. He did. That might have been his place, y'all. Listen, I know it's not canon. I know it's not canon because they say it over and over again. He doesn't have a girl, yada, yada, yada. But, like, I just refuse to believe that this man was celibate, okay? Like, I'm not <laughs> buying this whole story. No. <laughs> I'm not buying it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, thank you so much for joining. I will remind everybody, your Instagram handle is choices.lady on Instagram. And then if you, I'm going to say, I was going to say if you want to, but you need to go look at her fan fiction. So it's ride or die with hyphens in between ride or die chronicles on YouTube, Tumblr, and Twitter. And you also have them on your IGTV, right? Yes. Okay, so you have four different ways to access this content. I don't want to hear anybody saying after this episode, I haven't read it yet, because you have to. (laughs) That's a prerequisite. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you spending time. I think it's going to be great. I can't wait to see everybody respond to this episode I really do feel like you put out like what to me is like a piece of like choices art <laughs> oh. <laughs> well thank it's been a great time I swear my face hurts <laughs> <laughs> me too like I've been smiling I'm like trying to force myself to not smile because like at this point it's like painful <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, hopefully we can look forward to you being on the podcast again in a different format. You can listen to Lucas probably say some, you know, non-PC <laughs> stuff we got to edit out of the episode. <laughs> we don't want any campaigns against Lucas. Exactly. We don't, we, I, you know, that's my whole job as an editor. I'm like, how do I make sure he doesn't get canceled? <laughs> you know, sometimes like... Lucas, like, I've talked to Lucas before about, like, how he views a podcast, and he's like, you know, gotta bring the flavor, and I'm like, yeah, but while I'm saying flavor, I mean, like, some seasoning, and sometimes you bring the jalapenos, and I gotta take that shit out. (laughs) Like, I'm like, sometimes it's too hot, too hot, come on, back it up. Oh yes, yes. What what the nicest way I've ever heard it. (laughs) He's very descriptive, you know. Like we, when Lucas opens his mouth, there is always a moment of brief hesitation because there's been so many moments where we were recording, and I just had to stop and pause, and I went, "What motivated that sentence? What?" You know, sometimes someone says something and you're just sitting there and you're like, now lead me through your thought process when you said that. (laughs) Why did you think that was a good idea? (laughs) There's There's been like, I wouldn't say a bunch of times, but there's been maybe like two or three times where he has said something and I'm like, okay, let's go back and say that differently. Because I I get your vibe. I get your intention. Maybe the wording was off. So let's go back and redo that. (laughs) In all fairness, like, I've definitely had moments myself. I'm not trying to throw Lucas under the bus. Like, he's my best friend. I love him. But, like, (laughs) you know, I I have to reel him in as much as he has to reel me in, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you spending your evening with me and I'm looking forward to, you know, getting you on a different format of the, of the podcast too. I look forward to it as well. Well, thank every, thank you everybody for listening. Um, and we'll look forward to talking to you next week. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.